Is your relationship codependent or intimate? How will you know the difference? Listen and find out. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Krista. What you got for me this week, girl? (laughs) And what a week it's been. What a week it's been. I want to start with on the note of that my coach says I'm doing really well. So we're just going to start there. Wait, she says that about you? Yeah. Or she says that about her? Okay. (laughs) No, my coach says I'm doing really well. So that's how this week was. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, as Krista recalls, last week when we were beginning the process of podcasting, (laughs) we actually never got around to it because Catherine... Had a, what would you call a breakdown happening with, <laughs> um, in a very powerful way with uh, Mr. Delicious that uh, was looking pretty intense and pretty endy in some yeah, ways. Yeah, pretty endy. And I mean, pretty come endy. on, you'd come off a, like a couple of heavy weeks with personal stuff going on in the family and traveling and time changes and... And then uh, coming back in, having to start dealing with this relationship stuff was a lot. <laughs> it was <laughs> and relationship it's like spirit just shit. Relationship <laughs> stuff. It was like I felt like spirit was just like pressing you, you know, down the tube or something. Yeah, I think I think that's very very close to what was happening. Yes. So, um, all right, let's start wherever we start, but we'll have to start somewhere close to the beginning. Um, what was happening was I was having this awareness of a way in which I had not felt that I had taken care of myself. And I felt like I had left myself open way too long to a repeated sense or experience of being abandoned. And I was just like, I can't believe I've done this to myself. Can and you get more specific? Can I? About, I probably yes. <laughs> Instead of, you know, well, talking I was in get, a circle. I was going to get more specific. <laughs> I just was starting in a general way. So the general will fade to the specific now. So uh, what uh, Mr. Delicious and I have um, been dancing with the entire time we've been together is that something happens between us where we have a breakdown and... One of our ways of handling that (laughs) is to run for the hills. Mm -hmm. And um, one of our other ways of handling that is to try to stay here and present and coping and staying no matter what is happening. And I am the stay no matter what's happening girl. (laughs) And Mr. Delicious is the run for the hills guy. And uh, we were playing that out over many, many, many months. And, you know, Krista was... Years, years, let's no, say year. No, it's no. Been over Just a year. A, no know. more than a year. No more than a year, okay. but a, a year max. But yeah, about okay. a year. Let's go with a year. <laughs> okay. So here I am trying to be all 
evolved by, I think what happened, Krista, is that I had told myself the story that if I just stayed and was super loving, and I just mm. was loving and loving and loving and loving as much as I could be, that he would figure out that this story he had, which is the story he told, which I have not told you, which I will now tell you, <laughs> is that I wasn't the girl for him. And he mm. loved me. He loves me. And I'm beautiful and he, all of that. But you know, when it comes down to it, we're going to use that phrase that we all hate. He just wasn't that into me. And that's something he said to you early on, right? He, he would never say it that way. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> it that would, way. Would he would he say, say um, so it was about a year ago, he said, in a situation that got very intense for us and started to boil over, um, he would say, I just am not sure you're the right person for me. I like to do things you don't like, and you like to do things I don't like. And what was interesting about it is that I never really believed it was totally true. I had a sense that it was like a place to go to that... Like when he got scared or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm scared, so I'm going to pull out this thing about you're not the one. But it happened so many times that I was just a little speechless. And what would happen is that the thing would happen, whatever it was, and then off he would go to what we know we call an avoidant reaction. Avoidant land. Avoidant land. He would run <laughs> to avoidant land. And then he would say things like, I'm just not sure if you're the right person for me, blah, blah. And then I would just love him. And I would just say, everything's going to be all right. And, da, da, da. and then, you know, he'd come around and be like, oh, no, I was wrong about that. No, you're really the one. And then we would start the process over. And so this resulted in many months of, of um, anxiousness. <laughs> well, I was going to say sort of an ambivalent experience for mm. us and anxiousness for me and all of my anxious past, and we've talked to you guys about this whole idea of attachment and how you have an anxious person and an avoidant person. So, hello, meet the anxious person. You're with her. And the avoidant person is the one who tries to leave, to get away, to right. makes it sound like, right? Avoidant. So, um, whatever the issue was that would come pressing in on us, then the avoidant person pops out, right? And then right. this person, my darling Mr. Delicious, would pop out, but come back. And then you say, oh, no, no, I was wrong. I, I really do. I love you, and I want to be with you. It's not just that I love you. But as you, you go, like, which words do you trust? Are you Is it the trusting of the, I love you and I know I'm here, or is it the, you're not the one? That's what I would be spinning in my head of, like, which one is it? Well, because I was so committed to my point of view <laughs> that I could just love him out of it, I was operating in a place of, I never saw it coming, but it was really this kind of codependent place. Like, mm. I was, hate to say it, doing some sacrificing. I was not getting my needs met, in which were to have a consistent, solid place that I could say, this person loves me and cares about me and wants to be with me. It was like, this person <laughs> loves me and cares about me and doesn't want to be with me. And so, I mean, you made that sacrifice very early on, though, in the relationship. Yeah. And what was happening was it, it didn't look like sacrifice, though. I wasn't clear right. that that's what it was. 
And I think that in hindsight, you know, I was just being loving. I was making space for him to come back. I was, and you know, I mean, I think you could honor that, that there is some truth in making some space for someone to go through an experience and then come back. I think that I had the idea it was going to happen once or twice. Um, (laughs) And much to his chagrin, and I'm sure he's not too thrilled with this episode, um, (laughs) but much to his chagrin, it was actually something that was an actual pattern for him. And what it Mm -hmm. did was activate my pattern. So both of us were playing out this pattern. And finally, very recently, maybe as recently as last week, I got to the end of my rope. And mm. I finally looked at it and I was like, what is wrong? What is going on here? I cannot keep this up. And one thing, um, Krista, um, that you had noticed was that my light had kind of started to dim. Yeah. I mean, I'd had this big experience of watching you for the last year, especially like, you know, I was remembering back to like when we started the podcast and you had this sexy flair about you and a swish in your hips and a giggle. And you had this like deliciousness about you that was radiating. And over the last year, I've just noticed, I think in my mind, I was like, oh, this is the more mature side of her coming out in partnership now that she's in love and doing the work. You know, there was oh, that's so sweet to let you look at her grow. So even I was kind of confusing it in a way. And when you started, when all this started coming forward last week, I was like, oh no, it's, it's not that you haven't grown, but I was confusing <laughs> that grown up thing with you losing your light. Yeah. You and losing so- your sexiness and that juiciness that you had when you met him. Right. And of course, he was missing it too, right? So our sexual connection was off. And, you know, it was and just, you're missing it too. And that's why, right. you know, there's something inside is always unsettled because it's like, well, if I love this man, why isn't my juice there? Right. And, and why am I suddenly like, all I feel is this tension constantly instead of feeling this like flow and this joy and this love and this intimacy and all this. And it just, it took, it took a while to figure this out, but. I did not grow up with the idea that I was protected and I had needs that need to be cared about. I was a little bit Mm. of the family of you take care of yourself and, you know, the chips are going to fall where they may. (laughs) And somebody might show up for you. And they, they certainly did sometimes physically. And of course, I had clothes and food to eat. But I'm talking about Emotionally, is it, emotional. yeah, was protection something that I deserved? Was was it okay for me to need something? Now, what's the difference between needy and need, right? So mm-hmm. I, needy is when I'm dependent and I'm like, give me the thing I need from you all the time. I can't give it to myself, you know, and I, I must get it from you and I'm going to suck it out of you. Rather than needs are actual things that human beings need, like care. And it's okay to have them. Yeah. Like, you know, we've talked about a lot in the podcast. Right. Because <laughs> it, it got, you know, it's gotten tricky in my past of like being told that I'm too needy and, and, and then getting that confused with it's okay to have needs. So everybody out there, it's okay to have needs. It's when you think your survival, you know, that person holds your survival in their hands if you don't get that thing from them. That's when we start getting into the, you know, dependent tendency. Exactly. And and one of the ways that we've talked about it is it's if you're sacrificing something 
And I couldn't see the sacrifice because I was so loving. I was being so loving. I was just always loving. Now, well, that's just that's brilliant, though, what you're talking about, because that's earlier when you said this, that's why I was like, ooh, because I think that we all do that. We do it with our kids, our parents, our loved ones, our like we think that by sacrificing that we that we're loving that person more. And like when you say it like that way, we go, of course not. That's not the truth. But then here it was operating. I know. And I'm the teacher of this, right? So this has got to be like one of those I'm embarrassed moments because I talk to people about this all the time, about not sacrificing yourself and not giving yourself up to your relationship. And But what I realized was that without a sense of believing that I had needs that my partner was responsible for on some level, I couldn't be in a place of needing anything. So I was just the giver of love. And then, you know, and then he would come back and then I'd be resentful, which was fun for him, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) which is really loving, (laughs) which is, which is part of a codependent relationship, right? You've seen it where people like, really, they don't act like they really like each other. They're not really having fun together, but they will not leave each other because they are need, need E. They are not okay whole by themselves. Now, here's a tricky thing. How can I have needs and still be okay whole by myself? I think the difference for me is in this place, like I actually need certain things. I get to say what they are. Like I get to say, I want a man who protects me. I get to say that. That's my choice. That doesn't mean that I don't get not to protect myself or I don't have other relationships where I'm protecting other people, but it's not like, the whole world has to stop while this man controls everything. It's just that I need to feel like the man in my life or the partner in my life, for those of you who are in different types of partnerships, I need to feel like he's like, I gotcha. And I'm not going to wobble as soon as you lean in, right? So but I, if you can't say that, then it points, what we're talking about is that it points to this pattern of, oh, you're in a dependent relationship. Right. The dependency is the unwillingness to actually say what you need because you're so worried that when you actually ask for what you need, the person will actually leave. Mm-hmm. In my Which, case, well, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. What were you no, going to say? Ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to talk about Mr. Delicious and yeah. how your you know, expressing of your needs would then trigger him. Well, it was funny, Krista, because it was my not expressing my needs that would trigger Mm -hmm. him. It wasn't because what was happening was that we would go through that pattern where he would go, I would be loving until I got him back. And then mm-hmm. I would be resentful for a while when I got him back. And then he'd be like, sense of getting like back. oh, this isn't any fun. I might go again, <laughs> you know? And so it was just like, there was this weird non, and then we would rest and we would find a really sweet spot. And then it would start again. And again, I wasn't, it really was this week. And I'm mortally embarrassed to share this with all of you and even Krista right now, but it was really this week that I suddenly realized that I I, and I, it was from a nightmare, honestly. I woke up in the middle of the night and it has something to do with sort of a, a COVID experience where there was sort of, it was actually the combination between COVID and Zombieland kind of happened mm. in my dream. Sounds Very, fun. No, not at all. <laughs> and I felt completely unprotected. And when I woke up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, and probably because, as I said last week, I was kind of at the end of my rope with this going and coming thing. 
I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to say what I damn need. And if he's not here, we are going to be done. Like, uh, end of the rope time, right? Because you were hitting that max of, I was. like, I'm done. I am done if we can't figure this out. And in, at that place, then it busts. That's when it pushes out the end of, like, fine, I'm fuck it. I'm just going to say what I need to say. Because at that point, it's like all bets are off. Exactly. All butts are off and all bets are off. <laughs> and so the interesting part was that in the weirdest way, needing something from him and saying it straight out, like in the middle of the night, I literally woke him up and I'm like, I need some protection. I don't feel safe in my life and it's showing up in my dreams. And what it looked like was I didn't feel safe because I kept investing in something that kept dissolving you know, month after month, it would just dissolve. And then I wouldn't reinvest. And then I would hold space. And then it would dissolve again. And again, like I said, our sexual relationship was off. Our And I, even we did a podcast a few weeks ago where I talked about trust. And that was really what this was all about is I was beginning to lose my sense of trust. And I don't know about you ladies, but when I don't trust my man, how do I open to him sexually? How? And, and trust yourself. Well, and that was the thing is, I was not letting go of my self-trust because I would not go into that. We did that episode even further ago, which was about self-abandonment and mm-hmm. um, how women sometimes have sex when they don't want to. And so it was kind of holding that for myself, but I wasn't having a sexual relationship that was satisfying either. So I was like every part of it was not working was for either of us. Shutting down. Yeah. And it was well, like, that's what happens, right? When, when we're not dealing with something or we're not getting to the nugget, just everything just keeps shutting down and breaking down and melting away and dissolving more and more and more until, you know, we... We wake up. Over. We, wake we wake up. up. So there I was and, in the middle of the night and I woke up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there I am, like, learning my own lessons, right? We teach what we need to know. We need to learn. And what I needed to learn was I have needs perfectly okay for me to ask for them. My partner gets a chance to say yes or no. That's completely up to them. And I was so clear and there was no question inside him that that was something he wanted to provide. He's like, Mm. I got this. Don't you think most men, they desire to be needed. They just don't desire the neediness. I agree. And I think that's what happened. Yeah. I wasn't... He can't even show up in his sexy manhood if there's no need from you that drives a man. It drives his masculine energy. Exactly. Like, that is exactly what I got, Krista, was the moment I said, I need you, his whole universe shifted into, oh, I know how to do this. Mm. While I was pretending and holding space and being loving— there was nothing required of him. No judgment there. I know. I don't do judge that. myself at all for that. Um, you know, we talk about spiritual bypass. In some ways, that's what that was. It was like, I get, and, and I think people, I think this happens to women too. We get confused. We're like, we're trying to be nice, but we're giving our, a piece of ourselves up. And so it, I did, I had to take this moment. And so like the very thing that I thought would break us was I have a need and I need either you to fulfill this or I'm going to go find the right person mm-hmm. because this is important to me. It was I never said that, or I'm going to find the other person thing. I never had to. I just said, I have this need. And like you said, it was like, whoosh, he just came right into alignment. There was no question that he wanted to be the one who fulfilled that need. And what disappears at the same time is, 
the other story of you're not the one for me. Mm. Very interesting, right? And Mm. both of us were so whole in that experience, even with a need being met. Somehow him providing the need that I was willing to admit I had finally creates intimacy. (gasps) It created intimacy. (laughs) So that's kind of what we're talking about today. It's a very fine line to determine in a relationship of, you know, is it that you have a really intimate relationship with someone or is it dependent and how to tell the difference between the two? Right. So even you're like, we were trying to like figure out like, I don't know, what is the difference? <laughs> what would be the words? And I think we were kind of landing on, you know, intimacy has a very authentic whole feeling behind it. Whereas the dependency has that, what we're talking about, like the neediness behind the it. Stickiness or, even or the stickiness or expectation. Right. Um, and I, yeah. I, that's a really good point, Krista, because yeah, we were talking about that. And what my experience was, was I finally got authentic. I finally said, I'm a human being that has a need, and I need you now to provide this for me. Like, I'm kind of freaking out in the middle of the night. And it was like, He gives it to you. He gave it to me, and it was so intimate. It was so loving, and it was, we were so connected, like, wham, you know, because that's the way it works is the truth, the most deepest truth that we want to not admit as humans because it makes us vulnerable. There's our other word about intimacy. Mm-hmm. So what we realized was the amount of energy that we release towards each other and into back into our partnership by me saying, Oof. help, <laughs> I yeah. actually need this. Um, and it was such a self-honoring, right, Krista? Like, of course. I but isn't that this. a theory about men wanting to be the hero, that women allowing their men to be the hero in their life? Is there? Have you ever heard that in a relationship concept? I, I have heard it. And there's some tricky things about letting men yeah. be your hero, which can lead to codependency. But right. this was exactly that in the best way. Like mm-hmm. I could say what was authentically true for me. He could respond with what was authentically true for him, which is he loves me and he did not want to see me suffering and he wanted to provide protection. That is a key thing for him. And there was no leaving and there was no running. It was pure intimacy. And what happened after that was this cascading deeper and deeper into a space where we both realized that from that place, we could do some real work together. From codependency, there was no trust. We were so. What always, does he need from you, though? I'm curious. Besides sex, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kappa. Besides, well, he needs connection, right? And and for men, often, which that's tricky. That I'm saying, you know, like, so if for oh, someone yeah. who you say has an avoidant personality, and then to say what he needs is connection, how do you? provide that for him without going over the boundary, you know, of anxiousness that would make create avoidance in him. Like how exactly do you, you connect get with honest him? and he gets honest, right? So vulnerability and authenticity are something that happen in the moment you're sharing them. You can't plan them. Mm. Right? So mm-hmm. you're like, instead of like, oh, and I talk to my boyfriend about how I'm not feeling something, it's like right this minute, I Experience, like I'm experiencing feeling distant from you. I can't feel myself when we're in the same room. I, I want a, like intimacy is that connection, that deep place where like your body literally just opens to each other because you feel that, that like 
connections only word we have for it but it's not a good enough one it's like snow and eskimos we should have 60 words for this like <laughs> because men connect often physically first right and we it's always that dynamic about we need that emotional connection and we're always kind of playing for that but when we get super super authentic and clear we ask like for that thing and well, then I think it's that's operated Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. That's what? Delivered, I said. Delivered. I think that's kind of what's been happening with Mr. Right here right now. Like going back to the episode we did on boyfriend sex where you were saying like, you know, men connect physically first and then we'll evolve into the emotional, which is was the discussion and how I in that relationship was super emotional very quickly and then have um, opened up more fully physically. So for, I won't speak for all men and women, but I'll speak for myself. It's, I've, definitely have had that experience of watching that play out. Mm. And this is the first relationship that I don't feel is codependent. Mm. Even from past marriages, past boyfriend that I know had so much codependency in there because I had neediness and stickiness and expectation and blah, blah, blah. Because this relationship was set up kind of like right here, right now, right here, right now, like every (laughs) single week— it it kind of stopped that pattern of feeling dependent, almost like, well, why become dependent on someone who I know was going to leave, right? There was always that, oh, he's going to move out of the country. So it didn't allow me to go to my old pattern, and it kept me just really vulnerable and authentic and intimate the entire time where I just kept going to him saying, like, I get this is where it's going, and in this moment right now, I need this, or I feel this. And I think there was less of a fear, not that I didn't have fear of losing him, but there wasn't as much fear of losing him because I knew in a way I was going to lose him in that physical, like he's going to leave. So it kind of freed up this weird space in me of like, well, might as well just say everything as it comes up, which in the past, I was so desperate to keep these relationships close. I would stuff it down or hide it or not say the truth as it was happening. Yeah. And I think there, I think there's something interesting here too, Krista, because um, what was happening for us was uh, like this cyclical pattern that was sort of hard to catch for a while. Like mm-hmm. it would, there would be authentic and intimacy and then there'd be codependence and then there'd be breaking, <laughs> breaking it apart. And um, it, I think what happened for me was that at some point, I started to lose my ability, but I no longer, like, for a while, it was actually okay for me. Lose your ability to what? To be honest and um, authentic oh. in the moment. Like, for a while, it was uh-huh. actually okay with me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just keep experimenting with this and see where it goes. And then at some point, it got into a thing where I was like, this, I didn't even catch that it wasn't working for me. And it wasn't until this this period of time when I realized, like, I know what happened. The last time that we went through this cycle, I couldn't open myself to have him back. This last Mm. time, I was like... Physically or emotionally? Every way. I just was like, I was spent. And i that's why when we did that um, podcast on trust a couple weeks ago, that was what was going on, is I, I knew that I needed to be able to be protected and cared for, and I had to be able to trust my partner. 
And so what I was unwinding was where did that come up? How did that go wrong? When was that, when was that happening? And the cycle of coming and going was too much for me. And I hadn't actually just landed that it was too much for me. Hadn't landed that I needed You something. hadn't protected and cared for yourself. Exactly. I hadn't. And, and it was like, you know, those things where life starts to happen and then you just sort of don't notice for a while. And all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you're like, what? how did I get I here? <laughs> no, and I've never had that. You've never had that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have. And I do. And I, I have to say, like, one of the things that I think is so miraculous about partnership is that things change in an instant. In right. an instant. And I think it's so exciting about partnership. And people think they've been, people can be in relationships for years that are codependent and uncomfortable and whatever. And they can get like a suddenly a different picture and it can change like in the instant. Because the instant is, of course, where it does change when the love actually comes back in. Because when I got off the phone with you last week, I was like, oh, next podcast episode, I think we're going to be talking about the breakup. <laughs> I mean, I literally thought, okay, this is, it's here. Yeah. So when you talk about changing the instant, it's like, I'm like just so shocked right now of how light you look and how light you're talking because it's like a different Catherine that's shown up this week. We're ta- we and we, like Mr. Delicious and I, are in a different relationship. We're, I mean, we're in a partnership Crazy. again. Yeah. And it, it's like, look what how fast this can happen. And even with awareness and even with all the work we're doing, you know, and I would say that probably everybody has these experiences inside a longer term relationship where things start to slide. You don't notice. You don't notice you're feeling scared. You don't notice that this is not working. And then all of a sudden, one piece of your relationship stops working. You can't. That's where it gets tricky, though, because then people go, okay, how long do they stay in the misery or the upset or the challenge? Because we're waiting for that. Well, if I just stay one more month, maybe that thing will switch and it'll all come rushing back. Because we know it can happen Yeah, because we're witnessing it and we've seen it all the time. And does that lead to confusion then of like when to actually pull the plug? It can, you know, and that can be really tricky. But here's what I think about that, since you asked. I don't know if you asked, but I'll tell you. We, once we catch ourselves in an out-of-integrity conversation within ourselves, like we're not actually being truly honest about who we are. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't even know who we are. Maybe we've never taken the time to find out. But if we actually catch ourselves and we're like, wait a minute, I have... I got to be authentic here. Like, I hate how we're living. I, you know, like, this isn't working for me. This life this that we're living. This is bullshit. Li- it's yeah. delicious. <laughs> no, I did not say that. And I actually, luckily, did not blame it on him. What I did instead, which is really, you know, leap of consciousness, is to take full responsibility for how I was showing up. This couldn't possibly be his fault because it was happening inside me. What was happening inside me? Now, I did, there were once or twice, maybe three times, but I blamed it on him. And I was like, you're just not showing up. I wasn't showing up for me. I wasn't showing up with the need I had in saying, I need this. Are you going to give it to me? Right. Or aren't you? And that's the thing about with a partner, you ask for what you need and you give them a chance to show up with that. They don't have to. So if you're if you're in a relationship where things are wonky and you're like, eh, I'm not that into you anymore, and we'll go through the motions and you know keep things online, 
It's like, start doing honest conversations. Start and, and, oh, here's the big thing. You got to start with you. So you, I had to start with, I need, I'm mm-hmm. experiencing, I feel, not you are doing this to me. Like right. uh, something feels flat to me in our relationship. I'm not feeling inspired. I feel scared. Like I, that, that. and so there's this way that me saying that and then saying, I need to feel protected. I need to feel cared for in this way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's amazing because Krista, it's like the door opens to a whole different level of caring and participation. And I'm not saying we we haven't ever had this before. We certainly have. There have been moments when I've been authentic or he's been authentic and we've been able to move in this way. But this one was like, this was the relationship breaker almost. So then what now do you do with the old sentences of, I don't know if you're the one, like how do you move forward from that with this new iteration of relationship? Well, so at this point, what has become obvious is that we are having this pattern of avoidant and give me the other one. Anxious. Avoidant and anxious. And so I'm the anxious one and he's the avoidant one. And we've just got the pattern. So we see what's happening. But what I would say is that the investment in how incredibly beautiful the intimacy is and how much it's so much more than anything else we want. And truthfully, honestly, so Krista, this is the answer. What I said to myself, because this is about my relationship with myself, right, Mm -hmm. was this is the last time. So it took me a minute to actually deeply commit again Mm. because I had to say this has happened before where I have felt like we've gotten into a more intimate space and we've really developed it and then we've fallen out again. So for me, I really clearly said this is my last time. If And if there's still like, I guess I'm wanting to know, like, can you fully get over that comment? That's from the past, so you don't have to bring it forward. Because as long as that is still present, when you say, oh, this is the last time, like, it will be the last time if there's a part of you that's still, yeah. like, ruminating on that sentence. It will come up again, is what you're it saying. It will come so, up. So yeah. the relationship so, will, Yeah, and can so— Can you fully get over it? Right, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, oh God, it's a brilliant I want to know right now. I want to know. Can you get well, over we'll it? find can out. let it go? Um, <laughs> my sense— is that while we've gone through similar iterations of this before, that we are in a whole new, different place. The intimacy between us is, in the last five days, just been... Um, Next level. It, it, yeah, I, I don't even... I get, you can tell I'm pausing. I'm like, don't got a word. Thanks, Krista, for next level. <laughs> and we also starting to know each other better. And I realized that right after we have something that feels edgy to him that's super intimate, I actually need to give him space to go away by himself for fun, for whatever he needs to fill himself up. So that the next time I come to him, he's not like, wait, I just gave you all that. I have no more to give you, right? And then he'll be like, see, she is the one. She gives me space. (laughs) And, And that is true. 
because he naturally needs space. Before I landed that, I would be like, oh, ain't life lovely? I'll just sit back and relax and everything's good and I'll just keep going to him because I feel so good. And he's like, ah, I can't get any space. Which makes, which his then go-to is, oh, she's not the one because I feel that, ah, so it must be her instead of I'm feeling that, ah, what a, you know, him saying, what do I need? Right. So now he gets to say in all authenticity, I'm clearly needing some space because you look like not someone I want to be with, right? And so we can create a joke out of it. And that's actually part of the fun of it is that if you can begin to laugh at the pattern, because the pattern is really just psychology, it's not real. Mm -hmm. If you can begin to laugh at it, you have a much better chance of, we all have a much better chance of getting through it. And, And I don't feel any trigger from that right now in in a way that I can say for a long time I have. I have felt like this slightly like thing hanging over my head, like, is this going to happen again? I don't feel it. And I feel like it's because I truly believe that we've seen something new. We've seen this intimacy piece. Yeah. I really, truly believe it. And I truly know that he knows that if that comes up again, it's it's not even going to, I'm not even going to be mad. I'm just going to be done. Like, okay, yeah. this is never going away. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I think, Krista, that's where the place of codependency would show up in me. Like I well, went, yeah, you know what you I mean? remember in the book the when they were talking about the anxious and avoidant and they were like, you know, if you're that way, you might you should just walk away from the barrier. You know, the book was very <laughs> adamant. Like if you're going to choose or if you're already married to someone and you're in that dynamic, just know it's going to be more challenging. So is there a part of you that can just relax? And I know you're saying, okay, if it happens one more time, but can the level of it lessen enough that, you know, because it probably will surface in some way, even if it's a 2% hear that pattern is again, like, is it possible for you to, to just keep diminishing the way that it comes up so that it doesn't feel like, oh, there it is again, but just like, oh, there's a little slight, you know, well, there'll definitely be hints Wait, of it, right? Yeah. There'll definitely be hints of it. It's just that whole pattern of how it would roll out that mm-hmm. is just not going to happen. It's just, yeah. sorry, I'm like, I need And that can to- you say, can you say to yourself, like, every day, like, I am the one. I am the one. Because you're so used to hearing in your head, like, oh, my God, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I'm not. And, and that's really that's just sweet. the ego that has a hold of you in a way. Like, can you just, if we're going from the space of, creating what you want and we know it begins with your thoughts can you shift that sentence into every day just being like i'm the one and doesn't mean you're the one for him right it means you're the one for you and you will be the one for whoever wants to claim you as their one and it is quite possibly mr delicious and if not if your mantra is just i am the one i'm the one i'm the one then you'll be the one no matter who you're with or whether you're alone Right. And, and I know that's the, easier said than done. <laughs> it is easier said than done. And, you know, this is where we find inner child work, right? This is where we center into... My favorite. <laughs> Krista really gets a little a little tired of this work. But the inner child work is really important because this is where all these patterns get set down. And that are your past lives, which many people don't want to talk about. But um, so... Well, we both have patterns of not feeling like we're the one, whether it's like in our families or in relationships. Yeah, it's true. We both have that. And so we recognize it really easily in each other. (laughs) 
And we've been growing a lot through that over the last God knows how many years. Um, But what is interesting to me is that the commitment that I made to myself is really strong this time. Is this is, and I don't think I've ever made this commitment to myself. I've never said to myself, this happens one more time. It's not a threat. It's a commitment to myself. Like, if it happens in that same way that's pretty disruptive and upsetting, right? without it just showing its little, like, go for a head, like, (laughs) hello. Um, And I am very committed to being part of a partnership where I provide what my partner needs, which means I sometimes need to provide for him to remind him that he needs space after it's been really intimate. Like, it's not my job. Yeah. But he needs to get the space. And wow, what if I just... for him to have needs. Right. And if I just say to him, you know, I know you have that need about getting some space for yourself and I'm going to be around the house all day. You want to go out? (laughs) You want to go, you know, and, you know, of course, right now it's a little tricky about where you can go when you go out. But um, I feel like, Krista, this is the bottom line is this intimacy has led us to a very different sense of partnership. Well, I'm so glad to so surprised. Uh, hear that. I'm <laughs> so surprised, and I'm so happy for both of you. And I look forward to um, the next phase. Yeah, the next phase of Mr. Delicious and Miss Catherine. Yes, we shall see <laughs> what is going to be on the docket next. And awesome. Well, that's giving me a lot to think about. I'm going to go and ponder my um, intimacy versus my dependency. It's a very big question. And I'm not just going to do it with Mr. Ray here right now. I'm going to also be looking at that in my um, patterns with the rest of my family members, with my children and yeah. ex-husband and mommy. <laughs> mommy dearest. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. No. I know. I, I, I felt it come from here. <laughs> nah. Uh, well, everyone, we love you very much. Thank you for joining us on the show today. And we hope you play with this idea of, is intimacy what lets you open to your partner where dependency closes you down? Check it out for yourself. See what you think. We love you. Spread the love. Spread the love. And don't sacrifice. And don't sacrifice. Don't be all loving just because you think you should be. <laughs> we love you. Bye.